I'm Elizabeth Kramer, and this is The Teardown, a podcast for wedding vendors who've had enough. Each episode, I talk with a vendor who's doing something cool to make the wedding industry a less gross place. This episode, I'm speaking with Jordan Maney. Jordan Maney and I know each other because she very kindly answered an email I sent her in June. The email, which I sent having never actually interacted with Jordan at all, was about the Step Up Pledge. We'll get into this more, but the pledge was Jordan's call to big-name wedding media to, well, step up. Jordan replied, and we've never stopped talking. It was actually Jordan's idea that I reach out to Joy about sponsoring this season of The Teardown. So needless to say, I owe her a lot, and I am thrilled to invite her on the season that she helped make happen. Let's get started. Hello. Um, my name is Jordan Maney from that exuberant uh, hello that I just gave. Um, and what I do as a wedding planner based in South Texas and San Antonio is advocate for queer couples and other marginalized couples in a space where we don't have like a really big community like you would in a, in a Portland or a Seattle or a, a DC and make sure that they have the most exquisite wedding planning experience from start to finish where they just feel seen, celebrated, and loved on. I love that, Jordan. And we know each other because I sent you a complete cold call of an email and you were generous oh, enough <laughs> to reply. Um, and I wrote you about the Step Up Pledge. So I'm thinking most people who listen to the show will have some idea of what that is. But would you briefly just kind of walk us through what the Step Up Pledge is, was, um, and how we got connected? Yeah. So I have always kind of, not to be punny at all, but I've married... <laughs> My desire to have more like inclusion education with uh, my wedding planning business all the days. And so um, it just got to this breaking point, this emotional Rubicon, if you will, with the murder of George Floyd. And it just kept, it felt like there were so many names that were memorialized that month for being murdered by the police that I just got to a breaking point. And to see like this corporate response happening in all these different industries of like, we're going to do better. We're going to acknowledge um, black lives, blah, 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 blah. And it felt like the wedding industry was still crickets. And I think I just gotten to a point where it was like, enough is enough. So um, I created this pledge for not just big media in our industry, but other vendors as well, even small business owners to really like step up and do the work of making an anti-racism and inclusion pledge um, for their business because we don't need to go another year with people feeling like, you know, well, I can't go there or I, uh, that person doesn't want my money. That person's not going to take care of me and I'm not going to feel safe with them. No more. I want to leave that in 2020. I really don't want to go <laughs> forward into another year of business and businesses not being explicit about who they serve. And so I decided, you know what, let me call some people up to this um, opportunity to do better. And it was really interesting to see the response that I got from that. Yeah, no, I mean, as someone who watched and shared and then reached out to you, um, you know, I know a little bit about where things kind of unfolded. Um, but, you know, we're yeah. having this conversation in October. So gosh, if I can do the math yeah. real quick, four months, um, which in 2020 years, I think is like five years. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. I'm just curious, where are things at with the pledge right now? A lot has morphed and changed, but the overall intention of holding bigger companies accountable has not. And so what's in the works right now is the opportunity for said companies that I called out in the um, pledge and the 
corresponding petition, an opportunity for them to publicly in an interactive forum tell people like this is the stuff that we're doing. We said that we're going to do better. These are the ways that um, we're going to do better. These are the ways that we fall in short. And really what I want that to be is an invitation to me, accountability only works when there are two parties involved. If you're ho- trying to hold yourself accountable, <laughs> that's never going to work. Right, right. Um, and so I really want to be able to invite other business owners like myself, like yourself, um, who really care about this work and want to see more beautiful couples who are usually expressly denied and ignored and overlooked, seen, celebrated, treated well. Um, I want them to invite us in to be able to hold them accountable and it not be this like, oh, yeah, we did that one thing in 2020. No, you're going to see and hear from us <laughs> for, for a frequency. And it's not about like browbeating or making somebody feel bad, but like, let's just get the work done. I hear you on that. And I mean, I know you and I have talked about this, but so often um, it just it just seems like, you know, just low hanging fruit for me in the sense of like, uh, particularly when we're talking about bigger name wedding companies. So, um, you know, the companies that a lot of people, particularly couples think of when they're wedding planning, um, places like the Knot or Brides or Martha Stewart weddings to do anything just makes such a difference. Um, It just, I, there was such a, an uptick right in June and July. And then since then, I mean, I've seen some changes, but I haven't seen a ton. So I'd love to learn more about kind of what these accountability, um, groups, panels, um, kind of what you have in mind for that. Cause I mean, yeah. as someone who's both a human in the world and a wedding planner who really is working what she, to do what she can to tear down the wedding industrial complex, that is my bread and butter. And I'd love yeah. to hear about it. Yeah. I, I really, I would, I would hope that this could be something that's not just, um, this year, but it's a touch point that happens like once a year or whatever frequency, um, that works for people, but essentially something that like, oh, hey, you said you're going to do this. Oh, hey, you said you're going to do this. It's not like an us versus them thing. Mm -hmm. Like I want the entire industry to be better. And so like, we have to talk to each other in order for that to happen. It's not always going to be comfortable. Um, and I will, you know, grant grace, but at the same time, I'm not going to coddle you or like, you know, pet you and tell you that you did a really good job about Mm -hmm. something you know, should have been doing. But at the same time, um, as long as there is, I think, respect, empathy and understanding, like you can get a lot of shit done. And so I would like to see that happen um, more frequently. I would like those check-ins to be available. I would like there to be more transparency. And I know and feel in my heart that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Like they have the tools to do that. Um and I'm sure there are people that want to do that. So I would like to see like what comes like next year, next June, I would like to be able to look back and see like, hey, like there's a, a literal timeline of this is when I created this petition or pledge, petition and pledge, excuse me. This is when they decided to do something. This is when they did it. I would love to see that because it can happen. Um, I'm a relentless optimist sometimes. Mm-hmm everybody else's express annoyance. (laughs) But um, I really think that those types of things can happen with consistent action and just, you know, some can do spirit. So I'm hoping to get those, um, 
at a touch point where we meet again and it be a regular thing and it not be like a tense thing or a, you know, putting people in the town square and throwing old fruit at them. Right, right. Yeah, in the stocks. Yeah, but like have it be a thing where it's like, hey, we're going to talk and we're going to grow because things need to be better. If any industry needs to be on board when it comes to inclusion, it's the friggin' wedding and events industry. We celebrate people. (laughs) We literally celebrate people. I was just thinking as I was sitting here that um, there's a phrase that I encountered first through your work that I am ashamed to admit that I had never heard before. And it's very simple. It's two words. And the phrase is black joy. And the thought they're just being to show and share respect and honor. Um, and as as related, participate in the celebration of joy between black people. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was one of those things that I said, I was like, that's what it's all about. You know, it's about joy throughout the wedding industry. But, yeah. um, you know, and that that my interpretation of that was that's why these conversations and visibility are so important because it's examples of black bodies and black people feeling a very human emotion, right? Which is joy. Um, okay. And when I think of it that way, I just, I mean, again, I know I'm not in the boardrooms of insert big name wedding media. You know, it's frustrating, particularly with my background as a mag- magazine editor, because it just seems like. I mean, not to be gross about it, but like here are more couples to market to, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, if you're trying to sell something, right, which let's be honest, it's an industry, here yeah. are more people you can you can sell to. So why in the world are you excluding, right? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you, through your work and because you put yourself out there in, in such a big, vulnerable, brave way, um, I know you had a lot of conversations with people in more positions of power. And, you know, you don't have to name names or anything, but I'm just curious, what was maybe... Well, let's do what was the most optimistic moment you had in those conversations and then perhaps what was the, I'll say, least optimistic instead of pessimistic moment you had in those conversations. I think as a whole, the most optimistic moment was honestly talking to all of the bigger brands. There were some smaller brands that I had um, included in the petition that I had conversations with. I feel and think that the bigger brands were much more receptive. There was such a level of, oh yeah, like I can't believe we, like it took this for us to get this or um, holy crap, yes, we're on board, that type of thing. And I don't know if that's because there are the there are the numbers behind that um, for people to really justify the, the, not justify, but for people to actually like be able to accomplish these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely left me feeling like shit they listened <laughs> like <laughs> I did not kind yeah. of like oh you know like okay I'm done now but like if if you're receptive enough to call me a small business owner in San Antonio Texas and have this conversation with me that is not comfortable then what else are you able to really accomplish because if you can do that Um, I think that that kind of talks about the, at least to me showed, like, if you're able to do that, then you're also able to do the work associated with this because it's humbling. It's humbling. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's all an exercise in in vulnerability, right? Of putting yourself out there. A hundred percent. Accountability is one of those, those forms of vulnerability. It doesn't even matter if you're in a corporate level with a big title. It is a form of vulnerability that is just not fun. (laughs) 
it's just not fun. I had a lot of fear going into those conversations because I was just kind of like, I'm just a, you know, I'm, I'm just a good girl from South Texas. I, you know, that type of, you know, limiting belief energy going on in my head. I went into those conversations fully not expecting um, them to be receptive, fully expecting like it to get gnarly and nasty, but it was a very quick acknowledgement of we messed up. We're going to do better. Uh, thank you for bringing this to our attention. We want to include you in like how um, the, the changes that we're making and like letting people like know about the changes that we're making and, and honoring the audience and honoring the people that are coming to us. And again, I also went into this with a realistic standpoint. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why my optimism felt so highlighted. They're not going to be able to fix everything overnight. That wasn't going to happen. There are right. things that they can do <laughs> that are, that have um, like, you know, that they can do quickly, but also um, some of those things are systemic. Some of those things are foundational problems that they have to like go in and root out. And I think the awareness that was shown to me proves that they know that. And so it's just kind of like a balance of, talking to people now and letting them know like, Hey, we see this and we're working on it. And then doing the hard work of making long-term structural changes. That was the optimism to me to see like, Oh, so you're doing this. Great. Um, the not so fun, the part, it wasn't even a pessimism. It was just kind of like a, okay, uh, <laughs> let me back. I would, if this was from a big brand, I would say it was from a big brand. It wasn't from a big brand. It was from a smaller, um, but well-known brand and interaction with them. That was a masterclass in um, white fragility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it just got to a point where I I, I think the last thing I said to them was, just like one of those very Southern, like, be blessed, you know, (laughs) like, you know, when it comes to these types of conversations, especially when you're talking about advocating on behalf of your own community, I think you get to a place where you realize like forcing a conversation, forcing, um, forcing something with people who don't get it, are never going to get it, don't want to be in a place to receive it, if they even try to make changes, they would bungle those changes because like the intention is not where it needs to be. You know who you need to talk to and who you need to take a step away from for your mental health, for the better good of everybody. And it was just one of those situations where it's just kind of like, okay, cool. Um, we're going to let that one go because for me, I I think I had a friend who, t- who did a... Brene, uh, or listen to a Brene Brown uh, podcast episode. And the person on there said, when it comes to movements of progress and change, there are people who are light and there are people who are heat. Hmm. So there are people who will like hold your feet to the fire. And there, then there are people who are, will illuminate awareness about the issue is how I interpreted that. And I know like when I'm heat, I don't feel good. I don't feel, and not just kind of like, oh, I'm having a bad day, but like rage. And I don't like being in there. I want to mm-hmm. be something productive and contribute in some type of way that is aligned with who I am. And so I felt myself going there and I was like, I'm not the person. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. somebody else, I hope somebody else will be able to 
I don't know, talk to them, but mm-hmm. well, it's not, not, the, not the hill you want to die on. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, 100%. better ways to channel your energy from what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So that was the only kind of let down. And also it was kind of interesting, like from a, like a mechanics and logistics standpoint, it was interesting to see how people higher ups in bigger business businesses carry themselves and like take themselves there's a level of like seriousness around it Mm. that I'm not trying to make like a good or bad about it, but there were some that are smaller brands. It was, it was almost like they wanted to take the situation seriously, but they didn't take themselves seriously. Mm. Mm -hmm. It was just, I don't know how else to explain it. Just just kind of like, Oh, you know, we're, we're just small potatoes, you know, don't look at us kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you're not small potatoes. Right. And even if you, Right. Even if your page views or your Instagram followers or whatever metric they have in their head that's making them think that, I mean, you still have an impact, right? And you're still a human being. Exactly. And I think that's just something that more people, even if we're not talking about brands or companies or big names in business, like I think that's something that needs to get drilled down into people's heads is whether you think you do or not, you have influence. And if you have influence, you have the ability to make a positive impact or a negative impact on people. And so you have to be, you have to have some level of consideration and how you carry yourself and what you say, how you interact with people. And I, I don't know, it was just interesting to see a little bit of that difference. Um, But for the most part, I was flabbergasted by how positive. (laughs) I'm still kind of like, really? (laughs) How positive the reactions were. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, yeah, I can only imagine. Um, And, you know, I'm sitting over here, my jaded self, you know, with my torch in one hand and my, you know, pitchfork in the other. And I'm just like Mm -hmm. kind of lowering them like, okay, maybe I need to chill a little bit. Like that was good. Not, Not chill on my advocacy, but chill and just like, Maybe I maybe I'm stereotyping big brands too, you know. If you, because I definitely was just like, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna uh, give them hell, kid. Like I'm very like like a football player or something before the game, right, pumping like, yourself up, you know. Yeah, the first call, and then I did it, and I was just like, oh, you don't. Maybe this is like a greater point when it comes to advocacy and it comes to um, activism and, and these types of conversations. It doesn't, you are not forced to become a completely different person to do it well. Like you can bring the best parts of yourself um, to this and let that be what it is instead of thinking that you have to be like, you know, I have to be DeRay or I have to be like, (laughs) I have to go Mm -hmm. back in time and be Rosa Parks. Like I'm not them, I'm Jordan. So what does that look like when I show up? And I really hope that other people who are trying to, have that level of advocacy personally and in their business, realize that you can still be yourself um, and just have a human interaction with people, whether it's uncomfortable, whether it's difficult, it doesn't have to be like, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that because I think there's power in whomever you are, right? And there's power in you in being yourself and showing up. It's the showing up is where it matters, right? That's, that's what counts. Um, And, that's a great tie into, um, I mean, what I originally emailed you back about back in June was, 
you know, I mean, <laughs> completely paraphrasing myself because you know how I like to go on. Um, but what I said was something along the lines of like, I saw the step up pledge. I think this is awesome. I am a one woman business who works off of her kitchen table and her board is her husband and her cat. Where is, where's the place for me here? Which in hindsight, you know, I want to take accountability that I, I phrased that wrong. I put the burden on you to tell me the answer to this problem, but you very generous of spirit and with a lot of empathy reply back. And we kind of started talking about that. Um, And then, you know, you talked about this earlier, but um, that has in many ways, um, I think your work was already headed in this direction, but um, has turned into, okay, this is what an anti-racism pledge and accountability looks like for small. And when I say small, I'm talking like one, two, three Pearson outfits, which is so common in the wedding industry. Um, What does that look like for them? So do you want to talk a little bit more about that, that element of your work too? Yeah. um, So for me, I think I'm, I'm constantly thinking of how things can be concepts, how practices, how like anything can be made accessible to people, um, how you can meet people where they are versus kind of making it like too high level. It goes over their head. They don't have the bandwidth to complete it, you know, that type of thing. And so um, you brought up like <laughs> when you emailed me, I was just like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that oh and so it gave me something to like chew on and to really to really think about and it's been really interesting being able to have the conversations that I've been able to have to teach and facilitate the way that I have um with small business owners who maybe one person outfits or maybe they have like a staff of 10 but to see the dedication in them to do this work is just like a reinforcement that like, if they can do it, there's absolutely no excuse um, for a company that has like 500 plus people to not get this done. Um, So there have been, you know, like some workshops, there have been some intensives that I've really liked offering. um, And I will probably like kind of sit in that format. But I think a lot of um, this pivot i don't even want to say pivot it's more like a it's okay we need a new word but i totally know what you mean when you say it i think we need to vote out incarnation like Like this is you're reincarnating good that's okay (laughs) i like that okay we're gonna do that um so with this new incarnation like the business it's something that i've always cared about right it's not something that i was just like yeah, you know what? Let me let me just start doing this. It's been a component of my business since day one. I want to see couples that the industry ignored. I had that in my marketing. I had that in my messaging on the website. Um, it's something that most of my couples would tell me uh, they saw and why they booked me. Um, you know, when it came to weddings and wedding planning. And so it's really just kind of like this opening myself up to really allowing myself to go there and and let people engage and interact and learn. Um, I don't, how do I say this? <laughs> Diplomatically, of course. <laughs> I know that my number one strength is empathy. I naturally put people at ease, even when I don't want to. <laughs> it just happens. I'm nodding right? my head. I'm nodding my uh, head. It's it, especially for all the wedding coordinator and wedding planning folks, like that just becomes something that you do so well. 
Um, but yeah, like I, I knew that I, I put people at ease and I wanted to create a space where there could, where accountability and grace could exist. Like, come in, let's learn, let's talk. Um, I'm going to let you feel your feelings and go through this process of recognition and reckoning. But at the same time, I'm not here to like coddle you, <laughs> you know? I will give you empathy and grace in the process of trying to change and evolve, but you know, I'm not going to give you a golden star. And so that's been, that's been an interesting, I mean, it's all still so much in development and you, you know, didn't figure this people, out in four months, Jordan. I mean, no, I'm come sorry. on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's a process. It's never, it's an ongoing process, but what I can say is that it has been really, um, good for my soul and my spirit to see people that I never would have met from places I probably like would never have gone to or thought to like, oh, let me seek somebody out in New Zealand or mm-hmm. whatever. Say like, hey, I want to learn about this because I care and I, I I know that I can contribute something positively. Come on, let's work together. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk. Let's collaborate. Let's see where we can, can build something really beautiful because the, more, the greater awareness that we have of each other, I think there's a strength and a power in that. If you feel like it's only like two of us <laughs> in the whole country, then it's going to be like, oh, you know. Um, but when you know that there are hundreds and thousands and likely millions of people who are like, hell yeah, it shifts how you approach things. I think it shifts how you interact with either like bigger companies or higher ups or how you carry yourself, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, as you say that, I mean, I'm thinking a lot about, um, you know, I mean, when I started and I think we kind of both started in this industry around the same time, about four years ago. And, Mm -hmm. uh, when I started, you know, I mean, I like to tell myself I knew what to Google, you know, and (laughs) it took me a solid two years to even find vendors who I felt like kind of felt the way that I felt about the wedding industry, which was, I really like this work. I really love helping couples. Um, didn't know that this would happen to me, but here I am. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But I really hate so much about this industry, you know, that all the mm-hmm. nasty isms that I've, I encounter in my life, here they are. And in some ways they're almost worse because they're rolled up in tool and told that, you know, that your true love is at stake. Right. And uh, it took me a long time to find, you know, the Catalyst Wedcos of the world or, you know, people like yourself. And, you know, once I found them, I've collected them like a total maniac um, because I think they're all so cool. Right. I mean, you, you just latch on. Um, and that's where, you know, Alter, the, the networking event that I co-host, um, that's kind of where that came from was it's just like, okay, I mean, I know all these people, but do all these people know each other? Um, and so I love creating those spaces because, um, like you said, you know, that's, that's where the power is, right. That's, that's Mm -hmm. where, particularly in this industry where, you know, I mean, having coming from more, from a more corporate background, like, you know, I knew like what it was like to have coworkers. Right. Um, but it's very hard to have coworkers in the wedding industry just because a lot of us are smaller companies, um, or you, the projects we collaborate on are by their very nature once in a lifetime events. Right. Um, so even though you might work with the same vendor, um, for multiple weddings, that might be months apart. It could be years apart, you know? So when you're talking about creating these spaces that combine accountability and grace, are you thinking about love culture? Are you thinking about ally to advocate summit? Like, what are you thinking about? 
I think all of it, like the intention, everything I do is born out of is this understanding that I'm a Libra. Okay. I know some people are just like, okay, Jordan, leave the astrology alone. I've just gotten sucked into it. Girl, you know, I'm a Virgo, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. we can, we can go down that path. We were just talking the other day about how I want to conduct a survey in tandem with you, if you're available, of all the different zodiac signs of different types of wedding vendors, because I think there's going to be some gnarly patterns. Let me just tell you. I'm pretty sure like every DJ is a Taurus. Oh, I could see that. I think there's a very high concentration of Virgos in planning. I'm just, I know that's me, but I'm just throwing it out there. Well, I'm also Mercury in Virgo and I have Mercury, Venus and something else in Virgo. So like I'm damn near Virgo. Yeah. (laughs) Right there, right? I know. So I'm just saying, if uh, anyone's out there, they feel like they want to collaborate on this, uh, I'd be down for Star Power wedding version. Oh my God, I love that. Okay. Um, (laughs) But anyway, you were saying. I think everything is born out of this idea of like justice and fairness and kindness and equity and wanting to see just grace. Like I really, grace in action is a really beautiful thing. And it feels like, Ooh, we are not practiced at that. We're just as human. I'm not even trying to say like in this time, like we're just not very practiced at that because we don't give it to ourselves. And so all of like the programming, um, even just how I interact with people, I hope that a precedent is being set that you can make changes um, and you can make impact and have grand effect on people. And it doesn't have to be this scary, intimidating, overwhelming thing. It can just be on a very human level. Man, I need to learn this. I messed up. (laughs) That's not cool that I did that or contributed to that. How can I be better? Um, We can take the drama out of it. Sometimes I think particularly I call them my WMWPs, well-meaning white people. I think if you want to like expand it to even like human interaction, if you get like, if someone tells you like, Oh, you messed up or you harmed me in some way, or you hurt me, like the levels our brain will go to, to defend ourselves and protect ourselves from the perception of harm. Nothing is really happening to you. No one's like coming to you with like a knife or anything. You're just kind of like, Mm -hmm. well, Um, our brains do a lot of just like, no, you're you're great. No, you you didn't do that. No, they're totally like, we do that. And so like, even with, again, my WMWPs, um, there's a lot of, of like, uh, I don't want to, the anxiety and overwhelm and like, um, fear around making a mistake. Like you, you learn about this, uh, you learn about systems of oppression and how prevalent they are. And then it becomes like, you know, walking on eggshells or just kind of like this fear of ever making another mistake. And it's just kind of like, you're going to make another mistake. It's not even even something that you can avoid, like get that out of your head and take out the, you know, I've seen, I've seen people, I feel like it's a spectrum of people who will like make a mistake and then like put, they're like put me in the pyre like Mm -hmm. offering their neck (laughs) to Mm -hmm. get I'm just kind of like just take a breath Mm -hmm. well kind of making it almost like part of it right is the martyrdom of it you know martyrdom of it all 
um, the the need to go like, oh, I have this new information. Now I'm going to go be very cavalier and go out. Take a, Just take a second because so much of that drama. And when I say drama, I really mean like ego-driven emotion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of like fear around making a mistake. You can take that out because you will. It's part of being alive. Um, sorry mm-hmm. to let you down. You're going to make one. Welcome to the party. Um, or the 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 shame. I've heard this a lot. The shame of like recognizing uh, how um, they've used their privilege or, 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 or ways of just like recognizing uh, family members or other people that they know. They have shame around how they act and blah, 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 blah. You can't control other people's actions. You can only control your own. And also... When has shame in the the expanse of human history ever been productive? And I'm convinced it's just another way our brain is like stopping us from actually like changing. Mm-hmm. It's just like you feel bad because you didn't do this thing and then you don't do the thing. You just feel bad about it. So um, just getting all of that, getting the muck around uh, social justice and understanding like how to be better and how to interact and how to have greater empathy with people, getting all that ego driven emotion out of it and giving people the space and the grace to change and not, you know, make it this, have you ever seen like toddlers and they cry when they hit themselves and they like look at you mm-hmm. based on your reaction that they're, they're getting cues on how they should react. Sometimes right, I feel yeah. like, not to infantilize, but sometimes that's how I feel. It's a little bit of just kind of like, should I, should I like fully be freaking out right now? I'm like, no. Hey everyone. So a quick break here to share the sponsor for this season, Joy. Before I read the ad, I wanted to take a moment to be real about how I got to this point. I was really hesitant to take on a sponsor for my podcast, which probably seems like a completely egocentric thing to say because um, exactly who am I? (laughs) But my plan with season two was always to do what I did with season one, which was to completely finance the thing on my own. Um, You know, for season one, I did my own audio editing. I created my own logo. I paid for, you know, the minimal recording that I did. Um, And I thought I would do the same for season two using money that I made during the summer of 2020 to pay for the season. Well, uh, LOL, we all know what happened the summer of 2020, which meant that I really, really thought that I wasn't going to be able to do this again. I I didn't think this project was ever going to have a season two. So it was a total Hail Mary when I asked Jordan, you know, the interview for my first episode here, for her advice. I wanted to know, based on her experience talking to various wedding brands with the Step Up Pledge, who might be a good fit to sponsor this if I took on a sponsor. And she said, Joy. She said, unequivocally, talk to Joy. I'm about to read their ad, and I know that that can come off as kind of stiff, so I wanted to share that before I approached Joy to see if they would be interested in sponsoring this project, even after Jordan had said they'd be a good fit, I did my research. I reviewed what they'd said publicly about Black Lives Matter. I watched an interview Jordan did with their CEO, Vishal Joshi. I went through their social. Is it perfect? No, it's not. But I do think they're trying, just as I am. And they are, by and large, the only big-name wedding brand that I personally feel comfortable partnering with in this moment. So I just wanted to share that. It's probably way too much context. And full disclosure, Joy doesn't know that I was going to say all those things. But I wanted to be honest and transparent with you, my listener, because that's what this whole podcast is about. So enjoy. And thank you again so much for Joy for supporting season two of The Teardown. This season of The Teardown is brought to you by Joy. 
Joy helps couples organize everything about their wedding in one simple, well-crafted place. Using Joy, couples can create a wedding website and mobile app as unique and beautiful as their wedding itself. Manage guest lists, send save the dates and invites, track RSVPs, create wedding registries, host virtual wedding events, communicate with guests, collect guest photos, and more. All in one place and all for free. Diversity, inclusion, and equality are part of Joy's mission, vision, and DNA. Joy stands against injustice and racism and is taking action as a company to ensure hate and discrimination have no place in this world or within the wedding industry. Visit withjoy.com and follow at Joy the app on social to see why couples around the world are planning their weddings with Joy. I don't want to put this on you, but I imagine that if I was in your shoes, that would be exhausting, right? I mean, gosh, it's like taxing enough for me to be my own referee, let alone to be, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just imagining this white horde that you also have to be referee for. Um, you no, can trademark that, by the way. That's a band name. Good God. <laughs> Some band is like about to sue me because I mentioned them and didn't play their song. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just, I've, I thought about that a lot and I, I say thought because it's like then I kick myself because I'm like, I haven't really done anything about it. But um, I'm thinking about, you know, particularly at the beginning of the summer, I went to a bunch of webinars, you know, and a lot of these webinars were coming out of, um, you know, reaction to the countless murders of black Americans, mm -hmm. of black people in this country. And they were very specific to our industry. And the thing that I noticed about so many of these was that they were primarily led quite rightly by black yeah. professionals in the wedding industry. Um, and they were primarily, I mean, not knowing the race of everyone who was there because it's a Zoom call and the attendees are hidden. Um, but from the tone of the questions and, you know, names and what people were saying, I'm presuming majority white vendors. The thing that I noticed was it's like, here are black professionals who are giving time and often sharing, I mean, what sound like deeply yeah. traumatizing experiences and they're doing it you know both out of the yeah. out of their own time but also for free i mean these are free events and uh i don't know i just I, that really stuck with me and i ended up writing like thank you cards because it was like the one thing i could do is like well thank everyone you know thank all the all the kind black people who like shared this with me because i mean they're not getting paid you know and it just almost felt like I don't know. It, sometimes it felt like the audience almost like expected like, well, of course, you you know, you have to tell me. And it's like, I don't think that's what this moment's about. I think this is about my ego as a white person. Like, well, I just I yeah. need to sit and examine that, you know, rather than necessarily. And this isn't to say that you shouldn't, of course, talk to people. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that I personally have learned over the last Oh, gosh, six months. I mean, I like to think over my full 30 years, but definitely over the last six months is, um, you know, talk to the person that you are trying to collaborate with or work with or just curious about and ask what's of value to them rather than this is what's of value to me or here's what I think is of value to you. Um, so, OK, you got, brought up a really great point. I realize, again, um, when people say like, oh, it's not my job to educate you as, you know, a black person and you're trying to learn about anti-racism or just the black experience. I 100% agree with that. But at the same time, I realize I'm in the unique position to be like a freaking <laughs> goddess of empathy. <laughs> I So I know for me that I have both the like mental health bandwidth to be able to put boundaries in place. So I'm not like burning myself out for sure, but also to create something from that strength 
so that I'm not draining myself when I do this. It's not draining to me when I do this and when I interact with people. And a lot of the people who are showing up for these things are like qualifying themselves to be a part Mm -hmm. of it. It's not some like random asshole from a Trump rally who's like, teach me about, they're not doing this work. Oh man, Um, I'd love to see that day, but that's a tangent. What a day. What a day. So yeah, I 100% agree. Like you shouldn't expect this um, type of education and development for free. I 100% want people who are facilitating and educating to to set the precedent that it's valuable by charging for it. Um, That's one thing. But at the same time, I also know like I don't want people just walking up to random black people and saying like, hey show me show me all the the trauma that you've experienced but yeah like it shouldn't take people emotionally bleeding for another human being to have empathy for them um and so i don't i'm at this really unique intersection of understanding how not to re-traumatize myself in a process to help build empathy and build accountability for people who want to do the work Um, and also being able to make sometimes academic information accessible for people to get Mm it, mm -hmm. like will it take the concept and not water it down, but take out sometimes the language of it that can go way over people's heads, not because they're dumb or not or anything like that, but just because like it can be overwhelming, um, and just bring it down to like a human level of this is what this is. Can I relate this to you? Oh, I get it. Like that type of thing. I feel like I know that I can do that. I would never expect nor ask another black person to put themselves in that position, Um, especially if it comes to like protecting and guarding your mental health and putting up those boundaries of like, if this is too much, if this is a day where just like, I'm not doing this, put those boundaries up and say so. Mm -hmm. And I hope in the burgeoning of community that is being built, that I'm trying to build, um, that there's an understanding of boundaries around that type of stuff. Like, don't send me videos. Don't just pop up and talk about a really traumatizing news story. Mm-hmm. Let's have the measures in place. And I this I really want to apply to everybody. Um, the way that we, this is kind of tangential, but not really, but the way that, the old format of taking the news of sitting down for an hour and just being emotionally beaten over the head with how trash humanity is doesn't work. It can't, it can't, it can't work mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. It is how you engage with it and how you interact with it. And I know that I can't control other people's actions, but I can control how I interact and react with things. And so Putting boundaries up around that. Do you want to have a, com- a difficult conversation about a news story? Sure. Ask me first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't have that. I don't have the bandwidth for that right now. Or just no. Okay, cool. Move on to the it, it, again. The ego-driven emotion. Taking that out to be able to, to provide people with really empathy education. And, I don't and know consent. how about I mean, you know, what you just <laughs> described as a consent situation too, right? Of like yeah. here this is something you would like to do too. And then you yeah. respecting whatever the second person has to say, right? You know, and if it's a yes, then great. If it's a no, it's a no, you know. 
Mm-hmm. So. 100%. And, and just letting people know that you're allowed to make rules about how you want to relate and interact with people. Mm-hmm. So much of all of this, when we say anti-racism and we say inclusion and intersectionality and all these terms around social justice, what it really comes down to is empathy education. Mm-hmm. It's empathy education. It's teaching people how not to be shit to each other and just be better, be better and listen and have some kindness and consideration and just think about stuff that maybe they were not uh, conditioned or born to see. I always say this. I think I've said it 500 million times, but it still works. It's like that part where Dorothy lands in... um, lands in the house and she opens the door and she sees all of these colors. Every time someone introduces you to a new experience of this is what it's like to be black. This is what it's like to be black, queer and disabled. This is what it's like to be, to be trans and Latinx, like all of these different experiences. It's like being introduced to a new color. Mm -hmm. And when you realize, Holy shit, I have never seen the color red before. And now all I see is red. Um, You get this understanding of like, Oh crap somebody's experience is completely different from from what I've had and I need to have empathy around that instead of assuming that like everybody's had the same experience as me or that everybody's having the same day I love how you pinpointed that it is empathy education because for me and I think this was my initial the kind of the strong discontent I felt when I started working at weddings was for me weddings are just an outpouring of joy and love and in in some ways empathy and just this beautiful like all the positive human things right can come up in a wedding day because wedding days are magic and I saw that right up against the friction of here are the situations of where you were just saying like you know don't assume everyone has the same experience as you or same day as you don't assume everyone has the same wedding as you you know I mean it's I think it's all just saying the part of the same conversation of it's okay to have a bigger lens here and don't be scared by that because there's actually energy here. And when I say yeah. energy, I mean power in the sense that like you can, you can build off of this. This doesn't have to bring you down. Like, and when I say that, I'm specifically thinking about, you know, myself as a white vendor, but lots of white vendors I know who hear that. And there's fear in seeing a lot of new colors because you want to mm-hmm. do well by all of those colors, right? You don't want to yeah. see red and then be like, oh my God, I've totally never paid attention to red before. I'm a horrible person. I'm going to just sit here in the house and never explore, you know? And that's yeah. where I think the loss is, right? That if you, if you stop, that's the worst, um, yeah. you know, and then everything from that is just a gradient of better. In my opinion, I, I'd be curious your thoughts on, on that. No, for sure. I think, I think again, that feeling of like overwhelm of I've got to do right by everybody. I think this is another unique about me is that, Ooh, I really struggle with just that feeling in general. Like I've got to do right by everybody. I got to make sure everybody's good. Like I, that sense of like weird perfection that can get grossly pedantic sometimes where I'm just annoyed with myself. Sorry. Um, but, um, but anyways, like I get that, I get that feeling of feeling so paralyzed in the fear that you could like mess up, that you don't do anything. I get that. I've been there again. That happens damn near every Tuesday. (laughs) Um, but you have to kind of take a breath and again, let the, the beauty to me of anti-racism and the work around that is like all of that emotion about messing up and screwing up goes out of the window. 
you just fully accept like, but you are, you already have, and you will again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and something that you can just kind of like digest and sit with, I think it liberates you from that fear of like not making any action. It's so much worse not to do anything out of fear of hurting somebody than it is to like realize like, man, I'm going to make a mistake. And hopefully I've curated and created a community around me that can like check me when I mess up um, so that I can grow and learn from it because that's how we grow and learn. Like that's just how those things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you don't want it to take like emotional and human collateral for those things to happen. People always say like, it shouldn't take having a relationship to a community to, to change how you view that community. It shouldn't. But at the same time as humans, we don't care unless there's an emotional investment. It's very difficult for us to care unless there's an emotional investment. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, again, just kind of liberating yourself from, all that ego driven emotion mm-hmm. of just like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm me me mm-hmm. like okay mm-hmm. but what are you like flip it maybe someone will be better off because I had a wobbly uh phrasing of it but you know I said that these are the types of couples that I want to work with and and liberate and love on and and give joy to you know like it doesn't Take the next right step, even if it's shaky, wobbly, Definitely. <laughs> a side step, a half step, <laughs> it's just your toe, whatever it is. But just like go forward instead of wondering about like, well, if I go forward and, and it's not perfect, it's not going to be. I can guarantee you that it's not. Well, and I, I'm sitting here thinking about like in my own work, like I know a problem that I that I, I have to talk to myself a lot about is over hedging, you know, because everything yeah. can be caveated into oblivion. And particularly, you know, since one of the best ways I know how to like get what's inside out is through writing, you know, it's like mm-hmm. when I write about, um, write about these topics, like when I wrote my anti-racist pledge, like I, you know, it's like, I want to provide some level of context because I want to show where I've come from on this, but also I wanted to acknowledge that like, you know, the context at the end of the day can be very self-serving, right? Because it can be a justification, right? It can be go back to that kind of ego of like, you know, hey, no, look, like I'm a, I'm a cool white person, right? You know, and (laughs) I acknowledge that like, sometimes you need a little of that because you can't just, you got to have background, you know? Um, But I, I mean, people can go read my anti-racist pledge. It's right. It's right on my website with, you know, the love culture logo, but, and I'm very open to feedback on it. Um, but what I tried to do was at least in this iteration of it was like, okay, but like, where are we going? Right. I mean, like you said, it's about progress. It's about forward momentum and those, that forward momentum can completely be baby steps. Um, but it's about just not just stopping at the starting line, right. Or, or just stopping wherever you're at. It's not even a start finish, just like wherever you're at, just, just don't stop there because that that's the sad that that's the loss um that's the law that's the great loss to um community that's a great loss to growth like how much progress because could we have made not just as like a country but as a world if all of these things were handled like a century ago i mean the innovation of it all that we miss out on because we're the moments that we don't create, and I mean, especially as 
being in weddings and events. We literally create and facilitate moments for people. But so much is lost when we don't have the courage and the empathy to just move forward, mm-hmm. even if it's just janky. Just <laughs> even if it's, it's like got typos, the links are broken. And I mean, and I mean this like, I mean this in business. I mean this when it comes to advocacy. I mean this just as a human being. Like so many of the greatest moments I've ever felt about myself is when I've had the courage and empathy to just be like, we're not going to get this right, but we are going to get this move forward. And you do the thing. And like you said, maybe it's messed up. Maybe you, there are typos, blah, 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 blah. But you can tweak it. You can change it. You can improve from it, but you can't learn from a thing until you do it. Amen. Yeah. And just, it's about doing the thing, right? Whatever that thing is today in this hour, this minute would do the thing, Um, which is great because I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, you know, I could talk to Jordan forever, but you know, if I'm sitting out there and I'm listening to this and I imagine a lot of people are, you know, they're, they run a small wedding business or they run a small business. They most likely are a wedding vendor. I think the thought that often comes up and I know it can be an annoying one or a loaded one is okay. What next? Because you, you have such yeah. a talent, Jordan, and I, you said it already of you make people feel at ease, but I also think you do such a good job of energizing people and getting them fired up. Yeah. Um, and so I know you have so many amazing ways that people can engage with your work. And I'd love for you to share some of those, noting that this episode will very unfortunately come out after the Ally and Advocate Summit in mid-November. But how else can they engage with you? Um, how, what are other ways that they can learn from you, um, you know? God willing, pay you, you know, as much as possible, knowing revenue has been wacky. Um, but yeah, just, just tell me more about that. Like, how do, how do we engage with your work? I'm a collective we now. Um, it's, it's all of us. <laughs> it's all of us. Um, uh, so number one, slide into those DMs. Um, I really love seeing people uh, DM me on Instagram at love all the days. Um, it's just, I don't know. Or you can do at, uh, at Jordan, Jordan, at the Jordan Mooney, M-A-N-E-Y. Um, she writes back. I'm living proof. Uh, slide into my DMs. Um, just like build relationship with me, like hang out. I just want to see what you're doing. I'm genuinely curious about what people are doing and, you know, where they are in life and the things that they want to get out of it. Um, you can subscribe to love culture, the email, um, there on Instagram too. Um, if you are interested in doing some like work work with me, I offer monthly intensives. Those are usually two to three people um, for a whole day where we really jumpstart your advocacy personally. And then there's also one just for jumpstarting that advocacy and building sustainable systems of inclusion in your business. Um, and I'm going to just say it now, uh, even though the Right now, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm so sure it's going to happen again. The Ally to Advocate Virtual Summit will likely be in the fall of 2021, um, the second iteration, bigger and better. Um, but yeah, I if it's if it seems like those are an overwhelming array of options, just DM me. See what happens. Yeah, and I just want to say too. I mean, you know, full disclosure, Jordan knows this really well. I have engaged in various ways this year, and like, and when I say engage, I mean like specifically with you and your work. Um, 
Just yeah. because like, I mean, it's no secret that my revenue this year and my job is full-time wedding planning um, is, is a third of what it was last year. And most of that is from the government, yeah. you know? And so I just say that because I, I just think of all my vendor friends. I think of myself and like, you know, sometimes what has stopped me and I hate to say it, but capitalism is uh, money. You know, I mean, yeah. you did those great <laughs> intensives in, I think it was August, right? And I, you know, I couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I didn't think it was worth it. It wasn't because, I mean, I thought they were very well priced. Um, I just didn't have the money. And so I think I just say that because mm -hmm. if there are people out there who heard all this stuff and they go and they, they bounce for whatever reason, you know, you have done such a good way of creating so many different ways of so many different price tiers, many of them are free. And just don't be, don't be discouraged or don't have shame. I mean, I've had to work through my shame of like, oh my God, I, why can't I afford, you know, a couple hundred dollars? Like, you know, and that's so tied up mm -hmm. into what am I doing and COVID and my industry. But um, just, I'm, I'm here to say, you know, there are other ways to engage. They don't all cost money. And then there's things like the Allied Advocate. I mean, I bought a general admission ticket just this morning, you know, it was 72 bucks and 72 bucks is still a big chunk for me this year. But it's, I looked at it, I was like, there's great value here. I really loved working with Jordan. I know that this will be great. Um, and so, you know, I, I just say that. Can I just say something? Can I just yeah, say yeah, something yeah. very quick? You know I can talk. <laughs> I would talk to you for three hours if you let me. Um, and you can have 20 episodes <laughs> in one. Um, what is so fascinating to me about like money and how we talk about money and how we interact with it is like we put we do a lot of shame stuff too. I have to catch myself around that. Whatever and wherever you are when it comes to your own money, don't feel shame around it. If you can't say yes to something right now, or you don't want to, or you can't afford, that's fine. Like, you don't have to, like, I don't know. You don't have to feel bad about it. It's just a, 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 a temporary situation. Um, and there's a lot of power, I think, in kind of, like, acknowledging it, but not letting it sit over you. Um, and not letting it lord over you. Because um, it doesn't. It's fun. It's like, I'm so easy breezy when it comes to sales stuff. Like, let's talk. Are you at this point for this? Cool. If not, cool. Um, so yeah, I know 2020 has been a rough year for a lot of people. And so I want to make sure that I'm able to provide stuff for people and they have different touch points um, to interact with the stuff that I'm doing. So if you want to, the easiest, simplest, quickest, freest way to engage with me, slide into those DMs and um, and see how we're doing. So that's where I am with stuff. Well, Jordan, I just want to say, I mean, first off, thank you, because I think that is realistic and wonderful. And I know that I have benefited from it countless ways. Um, I also want to say as, as someone who also often talks to people for free on the internet, um, and specifically for me, it's often been couples this year who are just like, holy hell, what do I do? You know, because COVID, um, talking to these people who will yeah. never become clients. Um, I just also want to say, I know that there's a huge commitment there, you know, and it's something I personally get a ton of energy from. Like, I love talking to people, particularly like cool vendors who are doing cool things or, or couples who need help. Yeah. I mean, I get a lot of personal validation from that. Talk to my therapist about what that is. I'm sure she'll unpack that for you. Um, but, you know, I mean, there is still commitment there. So as someone who's benefited, um, I don't think I've ever really thanked you for that. So thank you for doing that. Oh, thank you. You are so great. Um, the work that you're doing is so important. And I really love the way that you have used your voice and your words and your talent, not just as a wedding coordinator, but as a writer, a really, really good writer to bring awareness to brands and people 
and ultimately just connect us to one another so that like, I don't know, there's just a lot of power in being connected. There's a lot of power in knowing that you, you know somebody who has your back and you're kind of forged together by this one or, you know, few intentions to do some good in the world. And so you provide that for a lot of people and you connect a lot of people. And I don't want you to feel like, oh, you know, we do, we all do this thing where we don't give ourselves our flowers. We don't give ourselves credit for things because like, you know, we just assume, well, I could be doing better, but you know, you're, you're a hundred percent could be, you know, or you're 50%. If you're having a shitty day and you're operating at like 10%, that could be a hundred percent for somebody else. So that's so true. And I just want you to know, I, I'm holding those words close to my heart. I also very much plan to just get that audio clip and just like, it's going to be like my digital post post-it note. Uh, Cause there have been a lot of times just throughout my life, but particularly this year where it's like, I'm going to just use that as my own little personal, that'll be my ringtone when Jordan calls. Cause uh, that's really beautiful. And I think, I think a lot of people need to hear that because um, you know, you can't run a race without fuel and it can be hard to find fuel. So can I give a quick little, like a little inspirational oh, please. magic one your listeners? Okay. Hey, y'all. It's it's your favorite Texan here. That sounded so country. Anyways, it's Jordan. Um, you have within you limitless art, things, and creative ideas, intentions, businesses, all types of things that help people connect, that help people grow, and ultimately that help people feel celebrated and seen as shitty as this year has been as much grief and bittersweet moments this year has provided i really hope you give yourself the space to keep going because there is somebody in this world it could be down the street it could be across the atlantic who is desperate for the nectar of your art and i really hope that you remind yourself even on shitty days that you are needed. We love having you here and the world is hungry for what you create. Woo! Yay! (laughs) You've been listening to The Teardown, a podcast for wedding vendors who've had enough. I'm Elizabeth Kramer, and if you like what you heard, please leave a review for this podcast wherever you can. You're also welcome to learn more about my work at elizabethkramer.com. I'd like to thank the following people for their help making this season possible. First, the sponsor for season two, Joy. This season would not have happened without their support. So thank you to Katie, Joy, the whole team. I'd also like to thank Nathan Stevens, the audio tech who made me sound good, and Izzy Kramer, who is my sister and also thankfully a podcast producer. She and her partner, Nick, provided the recording equipment for this season, as well as endless free advice. So thank you, Izzy and Nick. Credit for my rad new logo goes to Joy Tongsava. You can find her work at simplejoy.com. That's J-O-I-E. And last but not least, thank you to my husband, Jay, who makes everything better.